on today's episode of Siren Sports. Like give give the fucking Nuggets their credit, man. Y'all really disrespect the fuck out of the Nuggets, and it shows. It. I don't put the straw in the juice box without it breaking. Yeah, fuck yeah. Them folks ain't gonna know what it's like to see all the black people up there. <laughs> Wish I had those memories with my dad. everybody and welcome 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 to episode number nine of siren sports episode number nueve i am your host i go by the name of town next to me as usual your co-host rico yeah how you living this week rico life is good blessed to be alive you know what can i say another episode down y'all already know what we're gonna get into 91 more to 100 91 the best podcast in the world you heard it first from me Hey, I agree with that. And then uh, over there in the rocking chair, we got old man Gary. How you living today, man? Doing some old man stuff right here. Reading my newspaper, catching up on the fine print. And like Sugar Free said, if you stay ready, uh, 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 you ain't got to get ready. So I am ready for today's show, gentlemen. You just, you just missing your toast and eggs. I already had that. <laughs> he had that at 6 a.m., bro. If you stay ready. <laughs> oh man. So we wanna we wanna start Sovereign Sports with a little bit of a news announcement. Y'all saw Gary on our show last week, and we at Sovereign Sports are officially a proud to announce that Gary has joined the team. Not only is over here on a mic, but also he's gonna joining as an executive producer of the show. So Gary, welcome to the team, brother. Thank you very much, gentlemen. It was truly an honor. I mean, I was blown away when I got asked to come on, and I felt the chemistry as well. And you guys have a great product. I'm glad to be a part of this team. And Siren Sports Podcast will be going to the next level in just a matter of time. So tune in. Don't forget. You heard the old man. Tune in. You got me on that one. You got to fucking fix your transistor radios. You got to fucking have your bunny ears set to where they go. And, and, if, and if the bunny ears are fucking up, you better get your foil. <laughs> Now that is old school. That is old school. All right, cool. Just gotta smack the fuck out of the TV. <laughs> Just on the side, get the pliers. Get the pliers. Get it going. No, but gentlemen, thank you very much. I, I'm extremely excited for this new endeavor. I cannot wait to see what the future holds. Uh, a lot of great ideas, a lot of chemistry, a lot of cohesiveness. And yeah. Let's just get this show rolling. Let's get it rolling, man. So the y'all know the center of the sports world right now is the NBA Finals and what the fuck is going on. And last night, the Denver Nuggets with Nikola Jokic in foul trouble handled business and went up 3-1 over the Miami Heat who put up one hell of a fight. It was something else. It, it was something else. And I think every single time the Nuggets start to get doubted, I mean, they just constantly persevered. There was a lot of pressure on them to lock in that third win, a back-to-back win in Miami, you know? Yeah. And they did it, and they did it easily. I mean, my goodness. I mean, Miami did put up a fight, but, I mean, it, it didn't show with the final score. No, it didn't. When Especially with Jokic on the bench the majority of the fourth quarter, you would think that would be the time for Miami to strike. But Denver stepped up as a team. Now, Jamal Murray, of course, he made some plays, but he wasn't the player to step up. You had Bruce Brown and Aaron Gordon really carry that team when they needed it last night. Let me just say this. The Cronkies, they must have something special going on. I don't, I don't know what they're doing. But between 2020 with the avalanche 
in the 2023 Nuggets through 19 playoff games, they're both 15 and four. Wow. I had no idea. You dug that research up? 15 and four. Man, both. both teams. And you know, as you know, the Avs won their championship last year. So when they they have chance to win game 20 because, you know, the Avs won in five games last year as well. So the irony, the irony, the irony. Yeah. Everything's connected, man. Everything's connected. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of connections, you know, both ways with Miami and uh, the Florida Panthers both being the eight seeds to make it to the championship as well. You know, there's there's a lot of connections, man. Stan Kroenke has developed a culture for his teams that he wants to win, and he's going to do whatever it takes for that to happen. And, you know, shout out to him. That's that's a hard thing to do. And like we talked about last week, there's not many owners that are going to sit there and not turn an eye on the profit and loss and try to put a winning product on the field. Absolutely right. I was doing uh, my little bit of research and I came across some interesting information. So as it stands right now, as of last night's win, Jokic has 572 postseason points. He has five, uh, 253 rebounds and 186 assists. That is leading all players in all statistical categories for the entire postseason. If this is final, this will be the first time ever in NBA history that one player has led in all three statistical categories for an entire sport, uh, postseason. Jokic is special. Like, there's, there's nothing else that you could say about it. Nikola Jokic transforming himself from the uh, – I mean, I hate to say this because it sounds, you know, bad on his – but the ball of dough that he came in into the Nuggets organization as to – what he is now, it's it's incredible. Absolutely. Insane. I recall in episode one, I specifically said, it was episode one or two, one of those, I specifically said, Jokic didn't need the MVP. Look where he's at now. He is one win away from winning an NBA championship, but also the finals MVP. And winning the hearts of millions here in Denver. And the world abroad. And the world abroad because... I read an article on SI that was talking about how his game, his style of basketball, his, his facilitating, his passing, his court vision. I mean, it's res it's respected and reflected in a lot of different countries. Argentina, a lot of parts of Africa, a lot of South America, a lot of European players critique him a lot and give a tip of the hat to him because he is a very polished and well-rounded basketball player. Anyone who understands the game can watch Jokic and understand exactly what he's doing like yeah he's not the flashiest person he's not the most athletic person in the world he's not jumping out the gym but the way he commands the ball and the offense it's it's top notch he gets the fucking job done and that's what that's what i love you know people are sitting there trying to compare him Giannis, and Embiid. and if i if i'm being quite honest i don't think they're really in his category like yeah Giannis is very unstoppable but what Jokic is doing as a center is definitely changing the NBA as we know it because there was never no center doing what he does. Like, you're leading in all three categories. Like, not even Shaq was doing that. So it's time to give the man his props no, once for, for all. For sure. And, yeah, I think I think they're starting to notice nationally what he's doing. I mean, they don't have a choice now. He's doing it on the biggest stage. They really don't. I mean, the Denver sports scene for a while has been in the shadows, aside from the Avalanche and aside from the Broncos, obviously. But most importantly, I think, basketball scene with the Nuggets always getting shit on from TNT, TBS. I heard one time you guys had a 9 o'clock game in the morning because nobody's going to watch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's it's unfortunate, but now you're force-feeding it to him because he is in the finals, the team is on a national stage, and you can't help but watch. Mm -hmm. And then more and more people start to catch on like, damn, yeah, he's really legit, you know? One thing I will say I noticed last night, 
at the end of the game during the, the broadcast on ABC, the game had just ended. And immediately the first thing they're talking about is how does Jimmy Butler respond? Like give, give the fucking nuggets their credit, man. Y'all really disrespect the fuck out of the nuggets and it shows and y'all are doing nothing but making this championship run more sweet because we're throwing everything that y'all tried to throw at us in your fucking face. That was, that was, that was a hot take right there. And it's true. It's absolutely true. You see fired up. You tell me like, yeah, you show some emotion right there, player. Right on. Yeah. 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 Fuck, fuck yeah. Fuck your shit. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck your shit. Yeah. And I put the, I don't put the straw in the juice box without it breaking. Yeah. Fuck Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you if you put if you put the straw in upside down, it actually worked. I know, I know. I just found that out. I'm 41. Dang. Yeah. All right. Fuck TikTok. All right, y'all be teaching me too much for my age. Hey, hey, talk about some old school stuff. One of the things that my old school ass saw was Udonis Haslam. Bless that man. 42 years young. 42 years young in the finals, bro. Oh, he's a year older than me, and he's making up and down the court with these young bucks. Right on, Udonis. Oh. Serious question though. In that game four, Eric Spolster pulled his starters and emptied his bench with about four minutes left in the game. And they ended up making it interesting. Do you think maybe if he hadn't taken his starters out and let them ride to the end of that game, it could have been a different game? Who knows, honestly, at this point. With, with a minute left in the game, he's trying to rush his starters back in because his bench made it interesting. If I would have, I would have just kept the bench in. I mean, they've already made the spark as it is, started getting things going. It is a big what if, and those kind of questions plague a coach, let alone a head coach in a professional level. You can't go with those what ifs. You have to go with your gut. You got to stand by your decision. And he's one of the most seasoned coaches too. So I mean, that goes to his credit too. I think he's the second season, the second longest tenure in the NBA currently for head coaches. Yeah. So you know, you can't really second guess the guy. No. He dealt with yeah. He he dealt with Wade, Braun, and Bosch, and all those guys, and came and went. And they all left, and then he rebuilt. Yeah, he re, he rebuilt a winner. Yeah, he's he's. I say it under all the time. He's one of the best coaches in the league ever, and very underrated. But yeah, I say in a position like that, if you got something good going with your bench, you might as well just leave them in because you know you you gonna fuck up the chemistry. So once they go in, once the starters go back in, and they're not producing, you can be like, fuck, I should have kept them back in. So it's just, you never know, honestly. Never know. It's coaching on the fly. It's coaching on the fly. It's yeah. a lot of improv. And what's done is done now. I mean, you're coming back to Denver on Monday, and this place is going to go crazy like white girls during pumpkin spice season wearing Uggs and tights. It's going to go nuts, bro. Denver's going to go crazy. So there's going to be a lot of jaw wicks out there. It's a parade in Let me say this as a Nuggets Ball Arena, Monday evening, the Larry O'Brien Trophy is going to be in the building. You know what that means to a Nuggets fan? This shit ain't 2K. This is real life, okay? <laughs> that was a good one, dog. <laughs> You're not a dynasty mode right now, man. <laughs> he said, I've done this shit too much in dynasty. On some real shit with the, with the medium-sized market that Denver is, I never expected them to ever be able to reach the top of the mountain the way they have. And to do it from a from a homegrown Foundation built all the way up. Grassroots campaign. Yes. They've retained their players. They stuck with their players. Which brings me to an obscure question out of left field. Hypothetically speaking, Nuggets go on and win on Monday. It's over. Does Denver draw a big audience for free agents to come here finally? Or are they going to invest in their team and keep their core group and pay those men so that they can keep that same team together going forward? 
I honestly believe they don't need big market signings because you what you have right now it works. Like I was, I think I was listening to on the radio earlier where they were talking about oh, uh, so Denver has all these guys and they're sitting here and they just mind their business and play basketball. And I'm just like, yeah, that's the kind of guys you want. You don't want them all in the media. You want to, you don't want all these superstars that are always having the attention on them. So I think what they have right now, they definitely should keep because you can go back with that same core and be even better next year. There's no reason why to spend a bunch of money on a superstar and it doesn't work out or he wants to leave because he's not happy there, just losing a bunch of money on him. I, I agree. Um, what I can say, though, they need to make sure they get Bruce Brown back next year. Because I think at the start of the NBA season, he signed a two-year contract with a, I think, a player option after this year. So, you know, he's going to decline that and go go get big money. So I think the Nuggets need to work hard to keep him in-house because he has a, a spark off the bench that it's not replaceable. The craziest, the, the crazy thing to me is coming off of a championship run is right away the front office. Cool, you guys can celebrate this and that, get a couple of weeks, but right away, NBA offseason isn't that far away. Free agent signings, you got trades, you got willings and dealings. And another thing that stands out, have you noticed, gentlemen, in all the major sports, doesn't matter what it is, if you win a championship right away, there's another team trying to swoop you up and try to pay you double. And you don't really get the many players that are like Dirk, you know, to go with the hometown discount constantly, you know, and, and just that. Do you guys think that that's going to be a big issue with the Nuggets going forward? Do you think there's going to be some poachers coming in and trying to sign and trade Jamal Murray or try to take other, you know, KCP away or your other star pieces of this puzzle? I think the I think the one that people are really going to try to try to poach is going to be Michael Porter Jr. Because he's explosive at the best of times and invisible at the worst of times. But when he's on, he can win a game for you single-handedly. He's one of the best scorers in the league. And I don't know that he's happy here in Denver, truly. Like, I, I don't know. I, Michael Malone is on his ass constantly. He's constantly calling him out in the media, saying it was an effort, defense, yada, yada, needs to get it together. But you know, publicly, when he says his name, though, he does say he needs to keep shooting with confidence. He'll get it together. He'll win a game for us. And, and he will. But at the same time, I don't feel like he's at home here in Denver. I feel like he would rather be in a bigger market someplace where he can be a bigger name. I definitely agree with that. I just feel he he really is a hit or miss. And like since the draft. Since the draft. And yeah, that's why I'm like, I think that's a big problem, especially with him being out so long for those injuries he's had. So I, I just feel like this really isn't the place for him. Like, yeah, he has his good times, but he also has his bad times because he's played terrible in these finals. So I if you move on from anybody, I think that's probably your best option to move on from him because I don't think you're going to lose a lot by losing him. So, And while the Nuggets do have this core under contract through 2024, so they'll be, they'll be running it back next year with the majority of their team intact. I got a hypothetical one for you guys since you guys know your team a lot better than I do because I'm a Lakers man. Do you think that the finals would have been different had Giannis not gotten hurt in that first game against – Miami, when he hurt his lower back, that was kind of it because next thing you know, you got eight clip and one, and then Miami went on this awesome run. I mean, do you guys really think that it would have been different if Giannis wouldn't have gotten hurt? Do you think Do you think they would have played a different team in the finals? No, honestly, because Miami tore through everybody else. And, like, they, they came ready to – I mean, 
in the play and they were minutes away from elimination. But they, I don't know what happened. I don't know what activated within Jimmy Butler to just elevate them. But like it, once he got to that level, there was no stopping him. What's his name again, Tariq? Who? Jimmy Jeffrey Butler. Oh, Jimmy Jeffrey Butler. Him. Himothy. I thought it was Jordan at the end. Hemi Butler. I thought we established that. Mr. Jordan. Yeah, I don't know, because originally in the podcast when we first started our first episode, I honestly said the Bucks were going to be in the finals, and then the Giannis injury happened, and I was just like, I don't think they're going to make it really that far now, and then they end up losing at five. So, I think if he wasn't injured, it would have went six, but I still think the Heat would have took that series. Good take. I respect it. Right on. How do you think? Wait, wait. Let me ask you guys this. How crazy do you think the scene's going to be over here downtown on Monday if they happen to win? Oh, shit. It's going to be insane. Like, how the Avs were last year, it's going to be 10 times even crazier. Cause As someone who likes to not be involved in bullshit, you will not catch me near downtown. Oh, man. I've been to five L.A. championships from the Shaq and Kobe runs and all. Man, it was crazy. I could picture them out here doing a bunch of crazy stuff, too. I shall steer clear. But enjoy your championship. Enjoy your ring. I remember my first beer. I remember my first Lakers parade. That was cute. I'll, I'll even say the first time when I got to witness the Broncos win That's their right. Super Bowl, bro, you don't know how insane the city was. Like, for me, I wasn't even happy because I'm like, I've waited so long for this because when they won the Super Bowl, their their first two Super Bowls, well, the second one, I was, I was barely born, so... I didn't. I didn't know. So, for them to win there, the third one, I was like, man. That, that was kind of the same with me. I was a. I was alive, but I was really young. I have some memories of them winning the championship back in the '90s, but it's nothing that compared to 2015 and watching that run, watching that defense, watching that team. They they really put it together and shocked the world. I loved it. That's cool because you guys are really core fans of your home team, and you guys are gonna have those memories for a good minute. You know, I mean that that's a beautiful thing. Right on, right on. And it's good for the city too. Good for the city. Good for the state. Good for the economy. Just if you're gonna go out there and party, just just don't do no crazy stuff. You know, you got a lot of kids out there, a lot of youngsters doing young things. But remember, there are consequences to your decisions. Young men and women, real old folk talk. So old folk talk. Those core memories you were talking about—that's the type of stuff that I want to build with my kids. You know, last night watching the Nuggets game on the big screen with my son sitting there cheering them on. You know, my five-year-old son and go Nuggets. He's excited when they win. Like one, he knows they're one game away from a championship, so he's super hype about it. My daughter's super hype about it, and yeah, it's it, I love passing it down to the next generation. Beautiful memories, man. Man, not, not gonna ever let those go. I don't wish I had those memories with my dad. What happened? Big Poppy didn't didn't come around or what? Everybody knows Tariq's full name is Tariq Hatchet Young Ortiz from the DR. If you cannot tell me that this man's father is not David Ortiz, I will pay for the ancestry and we will all pitch in. We'll go a GoFundMe page to prove that this man is of dimension. We should just throw the baseball at it because he just catch it like this and go, Oh, Jay, Poppy. Oh, Jay. Oh, Jay. Dame la pelota. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Eating bananas and shit. Oh my god. <laughs> Plantain ass. <laughs> Everything with rice, motherfucker. <laughs> Cyrus Sports. <laughs> Bad. Speaking of Big Poppy, what's going on in the baseball world, man? What's uh what's happening this week? There's been a a lot of crazy things. The Mets are on the complete decline. They got swept by the Braves. 
Man, Verlander and Scherzer together have an atrocious ERA. They are not doing what they are getting paid for. That's just in the National League talking about over there. Dodgers up on first for a good part of the league, for a good part of the year, slowly on the decline. The Arizona Diamondbacks have swooped in and taken first place in the National League West. Wow, okay. They are currently two and a half games up. But again, it's only June. You know, we got a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. Not really too concerned with it. But there is somebody I heard that has the juice. Oh. There's somebody in baseball in Cincinnati. I'm gonna go ahead and pass to my man, Rico. Because there's a gentleman in Cincinnati. I don't even want to speak on him. But this young man is doing tremendous things. Who is he, Rico? Let me let me do this. Mr. Ellie Dela Cruz got the juice this week. Got the juice. juice. The juice. The fucking juice. Fuck Tell him juice. again. Tell him again. The fucking Hugo. <laughs> Yes, sir. Hugo de Rico way. <laughs> this man just started his first season in the big leagues the other day, and in his first game, hit a fucking moonshot home run, 458 feet. 114 miles an hour off the bat against Gonsling for the Dodgers. Tony Gonsling's no joke either. And, yeah, he smoked it. Go ahead, Rico. Man. Tell him what else he does. Man, this man got a triple in under 11 seconds. Let me tell you, that boy is fast as fuck, boy. Okay. Fast as fuck. Quick question for you. Who's faster, him or Tyreek Hill? I don't know. Yo, yo, okay. At Cyrus Sports, we want to see that. Ellie Dela Cruz, Tyreek Hill, 40-yard dash. Let's get this motherfucker going. That's a good one because he went from from home to third in 10.4 seconds. That's 90 yards. 90 yards in under 10 and a half seconds. You break that down, that was at 5.25 seconds on a 40, but... He hit the ball and out the box. Out so, the box, and he's rounding, he's turning. And he's turning. It's not a straight line. Absolutely right. So you got to take that into account as well. Mm, that boy was running. So what's the answer, Reek? You know, I'm going to just say it now. I want to see the race. <laughs> let, let's, let, let's get the race. Yeah, yeah, we gonna we gonna tag Tyreek Hill, we gonna tag Ali Dela Cruz, and we gonna we gonna get this, we gonna get some Twitter shit popping with them. We are gonna see what's happening. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, man, that that dude's a stud. He's 21 years old from the DR, six five. He's running that fast with probably a hundred k in chains around his neck. If you haven't seen this young man play, he's extremely exciting, as most young players are from the DR. He just got his time to pop, and again, like we were talking about last week with the international players, fellas, these guys are bringing so much hype, so much energy, so much more enthusiasm to the game of baseball. Yeah. On a side note, this kid is so stand-up, he hit the ball, almost went out the fucking stadium in right field. Dude caught the ball. Mookie Betts goes ahead, signals to him, hey, throw me the ball. We'll do the little meet and greet afterwards. I'll arrange it. You know, that's how they do it nowadays to get his first home run back. Yeah. Ellie goes ahead and gets the dude that gets the ball, and like seven of his homeboys that were there, seven of his friends, got him all autographed balls, all wow. autographed hats, all autographed... Wait, I think it was hats, balls, and then he got a, a picture and another autographed bat with a ball as well, took the picture. And that's if that's not fan interaction, I don't know what is. This this man's a major league baseball player, and he's really taking these young other baseball players. Dude was probably in like his early 20s or something, but still, just the interaction and just get them hyped and excited. There's something new to be excited about in Cincinnati baseball, aside from Joey Votto. You guys got a new stud on the rise, you know? You love to see it. You love to see it. This is what I love about baseball because, you know, I don't know. The, the players just uh, – the interaction with the fans, it, it's different compared to any sport, if I'm being honest. 
Like, I know they'll get heckled and... Eh, better, 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 better. But, I don't know. I feel like there's a different relationship in baseball with, with their fans, and I, I love to see it. The meet and greet afterwards are really cool, especially when players hit their first home runs or their first hits and things like th of that nature. But what else I've noticed this year that they, they started to do at the end of last year was the home run celebrations. Have you guys seen that in the dugout? I haven't, no. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So w which ones have you seen? I've seen the one where uh, they'll be dancing in the, in the fucking dugout or like the Angels have a little samurai hat. And that's, a, that's what I was going to pick on. So after, the, after a home run at home, Angels, for instance, they bust out a samurai hat. Okay. So after that, um, what's it called? In, in San Diego, fuck the Padres. When you're in San Diego, they give you a big old dookie chain with a spinning SD logo on it. And I was like, all right, that's cool. Yeah. When the Padres played against the Giants in Mexico City, they went ahead and put on sombreros and this and that. So very original. Uh, and the twins, the twins, they put on a fishing vest with a hat and they pretend like they're fishing. And the vest says land of a thousand rakes instead of a thousand lakes, which is dope. I know Seattle has a cool one where they got the little trident. Yeah, that's enough. That's so original, yeah. and it gets the fans going. The last one I remember was um, in Baltimore, the Orioles. They literally bust out. Dude will get a, a double or something like that. He'll bust out the sprinkler, and then all the other players from them spitting out water. It's the you're getting young kids involved again, man. And like these these adults, these grown men, paid millions of dollars to play a kids game. They're fucking bringing the enthusiasm back, and it's a beautiful time to be a baseball fan again, especially for young baseball fans because these are new memories being formed. Yes. Bat flips and all. Serious question. Did any of them do 10-cent beers? <laughs> you saw what I sent you. We're going to bring it up. Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. So in baseball news, in, on June 6th was the 49th anniversary. We were 49 years removed from one of the craziest scenes in sports history ever. I know. Wait, what's the joke, asshole? What? How old was I? How old was I, fucker? How old was I when this story came out? Bastard. All right, so what happened was 49 years ago in Cleveland, the Rangers played Cleveland, and the attendance was down, and Guinness Beer Company said, hey, we're going to try to pack the whole stadium. We're going to have 10-cent beer nights. Sounds like a good idea, right? Shit, 60,000 beers were sold, okay? I got, I got the numbers. 50 cops... 19 streakers, two bare moons. Bare moons is front and back unless you don't know. And one sports reporter got socked in the jaw. Crazy shit ever. If you get a chance, if you get a chance, go look it up on Reels, YouTube, whatever, and look up 10 Cent Beer Night and the debauchery that happened afterwards because that shit is fucking wild. Where did that take place again? It was in Cleveland. It was in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, I, yeah, I would have guessed fucking Florida. Real shit. Can you imagine if they did something similar out here in Colorado? Like dollar dollar craft beer nights. Can you imagine all the all the skinny jean flannel hipsters with suspenders and curly mustaches talking about? Oh, oh, I'm just gonna have my apricot pistachio pancake stout paired with some pomegranate spaghetti with an aioli sauce <laughs> out of almond butter. Let's just let's just get turned, fellas, and do some shit like this. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey. Welcome to welcome to Denver, Colorado in 2023, okay? Dude. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, there couldn't be no 10 cent, 10 cent beer nights here. Or, or, or like in Colorado, I'm surprised they don't do like a like a dollar joint night. Hey. 
I don't think many of us would, you know, defer that. No, I mean, they would have to do it during like a like a some lowdown sporting event because it, people would be too dough to be watching the Broncos game, man. <laughs> now, a mammoth game, maybe. I can see that. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, that's funny that you brought that up, man. I almost forgot about that. 49 years removed. I wonder if they're going to do something next year for the 50th anniversary. Oh, man. They need to. <laughs> They need to. They. It's a great baseball story. I just love it. You know how, like, when a when a returning player comes back from a, to a former team, they give them a video tribute. They need to do that for ten cent beer. <laughs> what once was, when how many fifty year old cats were like, yeah, I was conceived on that night. <laughs> that ten cent beer led to the bottle. <laughs> My dad was running ass naked. <laughs> or yo, how many how many people are like, I can't go next to a school because of that. <laughs> Yeah, man, as far as baseball goes, that's it. And then some sad news out of Texas. I, I feel bad whenever I hear about these kinds of injuries because I played baseball for a good part of my life. And uh, the man that just got the bag in the offseason, Mr. Jacob deGrom, he's done for the year, gentlemen. He's done. Tommy John surgery. My man's 34 years old, and I think he really had his coming out party, uh, what was it, nine years ago in 2015 when the Dodgers lost to the Mets in the divisional round. And I didn't know who Jason DeGrom, Jacob deGrom was, and he just gradually got better and better and better. I thought it was a fluke that he pitched two of the three games and won them when it went five games, especially the pivotal game five in L.A., and yeah, man, it's just sad. He was very emotional when speaking to reporters about his injury because you can tell that the, the guy loves his job. He loves the profession. And you can tell he's a true athlete in a team sport because he constantly brought up his teammates. And he always reiterated the fact that, hey, I'm sorry I, I, this happened. I will be back. I wish I could be here for the run, but I'll be rooting for you guys. And and best of luck to Jacob deGrom and a speedy recovery, man. We want to see you back out there on the diamond throwing. Man, I, I hate seeing players injured, man. I really do. That's that's probably the worst part of sports is someone out there giving their all and they get hit with a freak injury. And it's just it's the end of the season and all your hopes for that year. And you have to go through some of the most dark trials of your life to get back to that spot. And, you know, Shout out to the people who can, but it's a rough road. Gary was probably like, hey, Jacob, you fucking <laughs> suck. <laughs> I wouldn't. Well, shit. <laughs> Playing against the Dodgers, maybe. Maybe, but you can't get close that close to the players anymore. But, yeah, that just sucks. And then he just got paid, too. And baseball's, baseball's the only sport where you are guaranteed. Once you sign that dot, you are getting it all, sir. Well, I think NBA does, too, as well. Do, do, do they really? Oh, I apologize. Yeah. I think football's the only sport where it's not guaranteed. The irony in that shit. I hate that shit, man. They Give them boys their bag. Don't bullshit them. Like, if you, if you offer that type of money, give that man his money. It, it it blows my mind the way they nickel and dime some of these players. Like, granted, they make millions of dollars a year, but how much of a life do they have after the fact when their body's destroyed and their brain is malfunctioning because of CTE? It's very unfortunate. It's just like wrestlers, you know? Look at them. They had no guaranteed contracts, and when they did, they didn't have health care. Look at them now. R.I.P. The Iron Sheik. Oh. Fuck Hulk Hogan. Fuck Hulk Hogan. <laughs> R.I.P. The Sheik. 82 or 84. He's 80-something. Yeah, man. That's a good life lived right on. I was actually watching Dark Side of the Ring about, about the Iron Sheik not too long ago, seeing some of the shit that he was, you know, doing outside the ring. That man was crazy. He had a wild life. Wild story, that's for sure. But transitioning to football, since we are already talking on it, we got some news. First of all, as of yesterday, Friday, Dalvin Cook was released I by the Minnesota Dalvin Vikings. Cook. That was 
Expected but unexpected? Like, Is that the right it, wording? It, expected but unexpected, but still you're looking at Minnesota's front office like, what the fuck are you doing? Exactly. He's one of the top running backs in the league. I get it. He's not all the way healthy, and there's questions of whether he's going to be ready to start the season. But once you get him worked into a program, and once you get him acclimated with the offense, that boy is going to be a game changer for any offense he's a part of. And George Payton, I'm looking at you. Go get that man. And he's then he's been producing a thousand yard season. So you you gotta pay the man. But you know, they don't want to pay running backs in this league. They never have. Never have, and they don't want to. But there are two candidates or two teams, I should say, that are looking to pick them up. Number one is the Denver Broncos, and number two is the Miami Dolphins. Well, you Dalvin Cook's from Miami. He's a he's a Miami native, so that that he would be coming home if he did go to Miami. Uh, That's a stacked team. Everybody, uh, loves, everybody loves that state to play in as an athlete. Oh, no, no, yeah, no taxes, no state taxes. And then if you, but also if you lean back towards the Broncos, George Payton is one of the ones that drafted him in Minnesota. So that he has ties back there. So I think he's kind of having a coming home moment, regardless where he goes. It's going to be a win win for him, and he's a good athlete, and I. Like a lot of athletes, a lot of times it's just a change of scenery. Yeah. You, you could just adapt and overcome and evolve, and all of a sudden you're like, hey, this this is me. I, I like this unit. I like this family. I like this 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 ambiance, this organization, you know, and how they take care of you. And that, that's what he needs. And, and you know, the Denver Broncos have a reputation as being a super first-class organization when it comes to taking care of their players and giving them, you know, the top amenities and the top access, the top doctors, the top trainers, the you know, that type of stuff. So I, I feel like it would be good. There's also a huge culture shift going down in Miami right now with Mike McDaniel leading the way. So I think, I, like you said, it's a win-win for Dalvin Cook regardless. That's because he's a Denver boy. Mr. McDaniel. He is. And like and that 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 makes you question. This man was on Denver staff a couple years ago and no one bothered to look at him for a, a head coaching position. Granted, he's only going into his second year and a lot can happen in one offseason that could change your whole trajectory. But so far he looks he looks good. He looks like he has poise. Like he, he granted he's a, a younger cat and he carries himself as such, but he, he seems to have the respect and the control in that locker room. He got that sauce on the field for a coaching um but yeah, for him being a young coach, I, I give him all the credit in the world. Like he is changing the culture there in Miami. Like you just got Jalen Ramsey, you acquired Bradley Chubb last year, you got Tyreek Hill last year too. This, I don't know. Miami is really a team you gotta watch out for this year, especially if Tua's healthy. Yeah, I think their success is solely on Tua. Yes, but that's scary yes. for Tua. That was scary last year, man. Just watching them, but just throwing up gang signs on the bottom. When I mean, like a <laughs> little joke, but still, that just kind of goes to show the concussion protocols and the CTE and the, you know Junior Sayhaus and and uh, Aaron Hernandez and these things that Antonio happen. Brown, Antonio Brown, these things are, are real. Yeah. And I, I really hope that he makes the best decision for him and his family based on the best medical advice that he gets. And everything pans out for him because I would really hate to see something bad happen to him. And I completely wholeheartedly agree with you as well. If he's a healthy Tua, that team is really going to be hard to stop. Really going to be hard. Yeah, they were they were the number one offense in the league before he suffered his concussions last year. And I, I can anticipate them carrying that over. Absolutely. But the player's health is more important. And Mike McDaniel, what you guys were saying, I feel that that's one of the hardest jobs being a younger player. And you have these million dollar athletes that you have to talk to as your team yeah. and, and even if you're younger than him older than him bigger or smaller he still has to command their respect so shout out to him for commanding 
the, 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 the tone setting in the locker room and getting these grown men together. And it's, it's a hard feat and a lot of people can't do it. There's a, it's a definitely a fine line because how do you approach somebody and check somebody who's making more money than that's very difficult. Eric Spolster style. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. 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 You have to have, you have to have a lot of poise, a lot of confidence, and you have to know your shit hands down. And you have to you have to be able to like dig your foot in someone's ass the same way you would a rookie is the same way you would the star on the team and the veteran as well. Yeah. You gotta have the fucking juice to sit there and do that. Don't got the juice. Also, we got some more news as well. Uh, the Broncos officially acquired Frank Clark yesterday on a one year deal from the Kansas City. Well, he was released, but he played for Kansas City Chiefs and got a ring with him last year. Who saw that? You know, I, I didn't see that coming. You know, you know what this reminds me of? Neil Smith. Oh, Neil Smith. Yep. Yep. Neil Smith. I seen I seen a couple of uh KC fans pissed on Facebook yesterday. They're like, he's fucking pulling a Neil Smith. <laughs> well, hey, you you know what Neil Smith came over here and did, right? Want back to back fucking rings. That's true. So change I mean, of environment again. Change of environment. And speaking of change of scenery, man, I would like to debut a new segment right here on Siren Sports. Oh, uh-oh, we call on this one Around Town, where I, myself, town, take a look at what's going on in the uh, in the scene in Colorado. And today, I would like to start up in Boulder, Colorado, and talk about the change of scenery that's going on up there. He ain't hard to find. He ain't hard to find, man. We talking about Prime. We talking about Deion Sanders for whatever reason chose to come to the University of Colorado and take over the head coaching position. He's bringing his Louie. He's bringing his Louie. He's bringing his kids who can't drive in the snow up there. Like <laughs> That was funny. It, 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 it was funny because uh, I, I, I'm up in Boulder every day. So I get to see the change that that's going on up there. And Prime has brought in just an energy to the city. The city's hype. Everywhere you go is welcome Coach Prime or uh, Coach Prime visited here. And it's it's incredible just to see how one person can come in and just bring the juice and this whole town is just lit up. He said the word. He said juice. <laughs> <laughs> let, let, me, let me tell you this. I'm going to say this now. Them folks ain't going to know what it's like to see all the black people up there. They gonna, <laughs> they, look, they finna go from unseasoned to seasoned. I'm telling you. <laughs> That that man Dion changes the culture up there. I might look. I might see some people having some black cookouts. I'm you know, like, they, oh, you with the culture up there? They're they gonna start cooking with Lowry's now. <laughs> I wonder what the mixed baby count's gonna be in the next four years up there. Since Dion Sanders came in, there's been an, a, a boom, an 84 percent boom in mixed relations with a lot of females, Caucasian females and African American men spawning together to have children. Yo, serious question though: How long do you think Dion's sticking around? As long as they have a show to put on in Boulder. If he comes in and he doesn't have everything that he has advertised within the first couple of years, that, that'd be it. That's, that's my personal opinion. I honestly think that he has to come through with all that he has done in, 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 the, in the past. Where, where was he at beforehand? He was uh, Jackson State. Jackson State. He has to bring all that to here. And still playing the back 10 you still got USC for one more year before we bounce. And then in the first game against TCU. Yeah, you know it's not gonna be it's not gonna be easy by any means. But We're not gonna forget about the Ducks. Oh yeah, Oregon, yeah, yeah, Oregon too. It, it's a tougher conference. It's a tougher conference, tougher yeah. players, and then being under the spotlight like this. This isn't Jackson State. I mean, it's not Alabama. Or we're not in Auburn or Oklahoma. I mean, Denver still has a fair market. I mean, it's on the rise. That's why they brought him in. But like, I honestly think 
couple years, man. That's it. If not, we're going to cut it off and do something else. Oh, for sure. I, I could also see a scenario where he comes in and he is just absolutely successful and some big powerhouse school comes and just swoops him up after a year. I could I could see it happening. It's, it's now or never at this point because, you know, you're getting all the media attention. They were the only college team to have their spring game on national TV. And it sold out. And it sold out. Like, that was that was a 50,000-crowd stadium. Like, that that was that was no joke to sell out for a spring game. Mm-hmm. And you're getting all these national TV games in the fall, so you got to bring it. You got Shadir Sanders, your son, baller. You got Travis Hunter, the best two-way athlete playing receiver and corner. You got to bring it. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they're going to do. Yeah, I'm I'm excited too, man. We'll be we'll be cheering you on. We love to see the local team succeed. Speaking of local teams, we sticking up in Boulder, man. We talking about Boulder High School, the Panthers, the football program, man. Just got a new head coach. They tap former uh, pro player Jesse Jones as their head coach. And uh, let me tell you, man, the juice that is going to be going through Boulder High School in that football program is going to be crazy. It's going to be unmatched, man. That that man sets a culture. And having knowing him personally and seeing what he does every day, man, Boulder's in for a culture shock. It's not just prime. It, Boulder High School is getting a revamp, too. And I'm excited to see that. You got names like running back Waylon Lowry. He's going to be popping off, man. He's fucking explosive. You got offensive and defensive trench man, Indy Peterson. Trenches. And, yeah, fighting in the trenches, man. They got some good players. And with uh, with Jesse Jones coming to establish a culture after they've had a rough few years, I think it's going to be fun to watch. Do you think you're going to see prime time at a lot of those games on Friday nights? Just go ahead, check out, make himself locally seen. Go ahead. Hey, there's nothing wrong. I mean, you got a local high school that's got balling players. I mean, that's how they do it in California. Yeah. All those teams, Long Beach Poly and uh, Modern Day and all those teams right next to the, the major universities. I mean, talk about a super hometown discount. If you're a stud and you're balling out in Boulder, might as well go to see you. You're right there. You, you don't have to travel. You don't have to do nothing. Mom and dad and the whole fam bam is right over here. Uh, I, I feel like that's been a huge problem of the of the universities in Colorado is they don't tap the resources in-state. Like, they, they allow the in-state talent to go elsewhere and shine. They get poached. Yeah, they do. And there's there's not really a rush. So with, with Prime and, you know, people like Jesse Jones coming in and really setting these players up to establish themselves and give themselves an opportunity for that exposure, man, it, it's incredible. It's good to see. That That is their biggest problem. I've said that for a while now, that there has not been a great coach here to make kids want to stay here. Uh, you got kids from Cherry Creek being coached by one of the greatest Colorado coaches ever, Dave Logan. These kids are sitting here going to Oregon, Alabama, West Coast schools, everywhere, but they're not staying here. Like you've had you had Ed McCaffrey at the University of Northern Colorado. Didn't work out. You got a guy at CSU. It's not working out either. No one wants to stay here because of the terrible play that has been going on. So I think Dion being here is what is best for Colorado kids. No, definitely, definitely, man. But uh, so yeah, Boulder is really going through a, a transformation right now, and it's it's great to see it firsthand. I'm excited to. They finna be swag surfing. No, for sure, they swag surfing on uh, silver surfboards, my friend. You can see the little white girl on the back. 
I love your hair. <laughs> I love Can your I touch it? Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap shit up over here on episode nine of Siren Sports, man. We appreciate y'all rocking with us. Make sure you go hit all of the social medias for us YouTube, Instagram. we working on Twitter at the moment. Uh, TikTok. Just look up Siren Sports Podcast. We're going to pop up. Also, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, everywhere you want to go look for your podcast. We are right there in that motherfucker. Gary, you want to plug your social for the folks? Your, your, your one and only social? Gary Enriquez18 at Twitter. At Twitter.com. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm going to keep saying this too. Make sure y'all go subscribe. As soon as we hit 100 subscribers on YouTube, we're going to have something special for y'all. So we're going to do a little giveaway. Rico's going to come to your house and cook like baby boy. Ving Rames, butt naked. Talking about you hungry. You want some eggs? You want some eggs? I can't do that. I'm like technically married, so I, I can't be cooking butt naked at other people's houses. I can cook butt naked for my girl, but we're not going to get into that. But make sure y'all subscribe. 100 subscribers, we're going to do a giveaway, all right? Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good one. Definitely. We already talked about that right on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we got some uh, We got some shit planned for y'all. So we were, we're at 40 right now, so make sure y'all hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Rico, you want to plug your socials for the folks? Follow your boy. Tell everybody you know, even your mama, your grandma. I don't care. Follow your boy at... Father Juice on Instagram and TikTok. Father Juice, you heard him. And me, I go by the name of Town. You can find me on all social medias at town.5280. So make sure you follow to keep up with us. Got a lot of shit coming, man. So be prepared. Siren Sports, thank you for joining us. Hugs, not drugs. Look both ways before you cross the street. Say your prayers, take your vitamins, and always say please, thank you. You're welcome. And fuck Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Siren Sports! Out! Siren Sports is part of the Imprint Media Network.